0: Welcome to The Process, a podcast about creative people and their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hookerworth. I'm John Lee. Hello. Hi, John. Everyone needs
1: to know that I have more followers on Twitter. (laughs) It's like 10 and you certainly have more
0: bots. (laughs) Have I told the John Mayer story on the show? Yeah,
1: you have, because of that story, it's like you have way more (laughs) bots. Like that's not even a joke. Okay, No,
0: but the thing is they've all unfollowed me. Most of them have unfollowed you. Yeah, I had like 600 yeah. followers at one point. I have um, a better ratio, too. You have you're following like 500 people. I'm only following like 200. Okay, but I'm not following 200. those people to try and coerce them to follow me. That's, mm. the, that's when it's a problem. I'm that's just following that many people because I, don't believe I, I you. like that many people. The thing, no, what gives me satisfaction is that you were so sure that you had more followers than I <laughs> really was. I just like don't gain. Like people don't like my tweets. I, t- I, t- I tweeted today. I had a great tweet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it was objective. Uh, trying to bad. see some ghost titties. Isn't it? <laughs> Follow me at k underscore who. I don't think ghosts do it. Do they? No, I don't know. But I just, I it was just a good tweet. Doesn't matter. It's no, we don't need to give them context. Yeah, because uh, the context we, is
1: bad. Kevin and I do agree that the second half of Stranger Things is uh, <laughs> trash. Pretty. I don't want to say it. I want to say it's like I got. I watched it. I watched. I all watched all of it, it, it too. But Are I do not watch
0: the second season. Uh, yeah. I I think the premise of the show is good. The enough. The fact that it's Halloween makes me think it's gonna be pretty good. Well and the kid actors were good. They just like the second half had bad material. The writing was bad. It like a lot of the like the sets and like the feel of the show. Like I like the whole nostalgic Yeah. And the soundtrack is really cool. Yeah, but just this the writing in the second half got really (laughs) good. It just like
1: fulfilled all mediocre expectations of like this is probably what it is. And Mm -hmm. it's and it's that.
0: Well and the pace slows down too they like focus on a bunch of plot lines that I don't care about. And uh, oh, what's her face? The mom. I like really hate her character. Oh, really? really? <laughs> Winona Ryder. Yeah, Winona yeah. Ryder. That's her name. Uh, I think she does a bad job in that, that show. Oh, really? Yeah. I liked her. Well, it's just I like it's her not even her fault. Main, it's just like the main cop. I like the. It's both. the way her character is written is she's just nervous and like scared all the time, and it's like ah, God. yeah, that's true. Oh, and then the cop, he just like he he's kind of this goofy like sheriff who like. I don't know. He's kind of stupid and he's kind of like useless, but also you like him because he's, he's, right. he's trying like, to do the right thing, right? Yeah. But then the whole there's like the last three episodes. By the way, full spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Spoiler but like alert. the last few episodes, he just he like he's like a badass out of nowhere. Yeah. He's just kind of is, like this dumpy sheriff, true. and then all of a sudden he's like, "I'm gonna infiltrate this secret base, yeah, and I'm gonna walk into this portal." And it's like, I just I don't <laughs> yeah. buy it. I, I don't, don't care. Know. I don't know where did he learn like all of his hand to hand combat. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And Barb, he was just like in this. What happened to Barb? Who's barbing? Oh, yeah. Barb is, Her like,
1: friend. this, like, thing that's, like...
0: She just uses a plot point to, like, <laughs> to say, like, oh, someone's gotta die. Someone else died. Oh, it's Aaron's a bad calling show. Me. Bad show. Hello.
1: Hey. Hey, you're, you're on the <laughs> process right now. We're recording right now. Yeah. Wait, wait. Hang up. Say hello to the listeners. Oh,
2: my God. Hello. Okay, Hi. she's
1: she's she's too nervous, but I'll, I'll call. I'll, yes, Kevin's here. Uh, we'll we'll call you back. Uh, in in, in a sec. Okay. <laughs> Emphasis
0: on we. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We will. We both, will, we will we both will call both you call. back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Stranger Bed or Stranger Bad. Stranger Bad. Strangers, what a roast. <laughs> stranger Things is not that great. It's not I that broke good. these headphones just now. Okay. No, they're okay. Yeah, like the first four episodes, it seriously just like had a lot of promise. It set up a lot of cool things, and then they're like, "Shit, what do we do now?" Yeah. It's like they wanted to get picked up by Netflix, and then they didn't have a game plan. I do like the the, the guy that looks exactly like Jean ralph Yes, I, like, oh, I love it's that. So funny, uh, but it's mostly only funny because he looks just like Jean ralph
1: Yeah, otherwise, I don't like his character. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, And like, I think in yeah. one in one episode, they're like, "Let's try, quick, let's try and make him likable," and then like, it's oh, and, it's just rushed. Oh, God, yeah. and then
0: I hate the whole thing where they like. Like the whole cool thing is that uh, 11 isn't like a stereotype or anything Uh, She's like this girl, but like she's badass and cool or whatever weird alien
1: I I guess she is kind
0: of a stereotype in that sense But like as as far as her character like she's kind of interesting and then they just make this whole romance subplot of like oh, you have to wear a dress and you have to look pretty and (laughs) and like wow You look so pretty now and now as soon as you put on a dress Uh, I'm in love with you and like I couldn't see it before but man you look so pretty in a dress I just hate that shit and like I think a lot of the
1: fans have built up parts of it that I thought were gonna be really important to the show like the Christmas lights and the Eggo waffles that's like everywhere on the internet and like when that finally happened I'm like this isn't yeah it's just it was just like
0: like, it didn't actually matter to anything they were just like what if we had this thing and it looked cool and I don't know it's not a good show. I thought show. Eggo waffles were going kind of like a be a big plot. Point. I don't even <laughs> remember Eggo waffles.
1: Yeah, it's just like it's everywhere on the internet about like Eleven and Eggo waffles. And I'm like, oh, I bet it's something good. And then she
0: eats Eggo waffles in like two scenes.
2: Yeah,
1: pretty disappointed.
0: Yeah, pretty it's, well, the disappointed. thing is like, there's things to like about that show, but people just like love they it. They Loved it. Yeah, they love it, and it's like yeah. the back half of that show is not good. I, yeah. I'm not even going to say like it's kind of good. I just think the back half of that show is bad. I yeah. think it's straight up not a good all in show. All I give it a C minus. Yeah, I think the first half is like an A. And I think like maybe the first three or four episodes is like an A uh-huh. and then episode, probably there's like one episode. No, episode four is where it gets bad. I think only the first three episodes are good. <laughs> I
1: don't remember what I don't remember. It's in that great of detail. But,
0: uh, all right. <laughs> no that ends talk. our
1: rant on Stranger Things, yeah, uh, which do, is who, who a show that came out a while ago. <laughs> who
0: do we got today?
1: Uh, I don't know who we have. <laughs> we have
0: Mari Minjo. Right? Right? Mari Minjo. Yes yes, yes. yes. Today we have Mari Minjo, a uh, good friend of mine from santa cruz california these are uh, all ex- or i guess forgive us uh, these are all episodes that Santa's recorded a while ago i i just like <laughs> i don't remember like oh, anything yeah. like uh yeah we talked to Mari about um visual art visual art they're visual artists so yeah anyways let's get into it let's get into it awesome uh and we join them in a conversation already in progress uh-huh. so uh let's see what what are you what, what do you want to what start are yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you
2: um, I mean, what are any of us, you know?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> Show over.
2: <laughs> yep, we did, nailed
0: it. But we didn't have an
1: answer. We just posed, <laughs> the, we just posed the question. It's like...
2: <laughs> the
0: question. We can just pose really
1: good questions and not answer any of them.
0: Uh, is the sky really... Blue? Up there?
1: Is it? Is, is the California sun the same sun in Washington? It's not. It's not. Two different suns. Kevin has a theory that the sun in Washington is... It's not is, a theory.
0: It's true. It's whiter? It's just... It feels whiter. Like, the sun is like a bright white kind of a heat in the Pacific Northwest and then you come down here and it's like this yellow sun. It feels warm. It's a warm sun. I think it's just
1: the contrast of the green hills. It seems maybe yellower, but I don't think it's actually yellower cuz well, it's the same I, sun.
0: What do you think about the sun?
2: <laughs> um, well, it's there all right. Can't deny that. I mean, I I guess. I guess you can. Yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure it right
1: now. <laughs> I mean, for, I mean, how at do least, you guys, At I,
0: least we're all on the same page about there being a son.
2: Yeah.
1: That's important. That's to the me. first step. Yeah. I don't want to alienate our listeners by denying the son. Uh, how, do you, how do you guys know each other? I don't know how, well, like, the history between uh, you two. Tumblr?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <don't know>. really? <laughs> yeah. I actually, I think I remember. I, That's I think, right.
0: I think we followed each other on Tumblr. And that was and it. A I Tumblr was, friendship? I love yeah. That. And I was like, this person seems really cool. And yeah. I, I messaged and I was just like, hey, want to get coffee? And we got coffee and. Now we're friends.
2: Yeah, that's exactly how it happens. <laughs> that,
0: how long ago was that? Like five years ago?
2: Yeah, that sounds about right. It like a good amount of time ago. A long ago. time
0: ago. Oh, I would never think of like messaging someone on Tumblr and get caught. That's awesome. Yeah, right. I wouldn't yeah. anymore uh-huh. because I, I think Tumblr is like a site that shouldn't be used by anybody over the age of 20. Do you still use it?
2: Um, I mean, it's still there, but like not really. No, yeah, I have a cat yeah. blog and, you know, I can't <laughs> disappoint my followers. Yeah, of, so. course sure, not. Yeah. of course not. <laughs> yeah, that's really the only, you know, tie that keeps me coming back every once in a while but (laughs) like you're right it shouldn't exist but you know it's not all bad oh it's not all bad like we met yeah
1: it's fun i don't even know like what what do you do creatively
2: um well lately i've um mostly just been doing printmaking Uh uh yeah various forms of printmaking i did do photography for a while too which has a special place in my heart, but right. not really an active way for me to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. So print um,
1: printmaking, is that the that's the, the current forte.
2: Right, yeah. So Can you
1: unpack that a little more <laughs> for people who don't know what printmaking is. Totally. Um, Such as John. Such as John. <laughs> yeah. And our listeners. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, typically when people think of printmaking, they think of like, you know, wood cuts and uh, which is relief. But, you know, there's other forms of it. Like you could do lino cuts, which is uh, same basic idea in linoleum blocks, which is what I've been doing a lot lately. Uh-huh. And then there's like other forms, like a lot of people think silk screening, which isn't really... My thing personally, but um, I do know it, and I have enjoyed it in the past. Uh, I think my favorite is probably intaglio, which is like copper plates and okay. etchings. Um, yeah, kind of just you know making an image in a copper plate and having the ink pick up on the the etching scratches. I guess right. that would be on the the surface of that.
1: How long have you been into that?
2: Um, let's see. I started when I was still a, a student, so that must have been about four years ago mm-hmm. now, when I first like started getting really into it. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. How, like, how, do you remember how like you got introduced to that art form?
2: Well, you know, not particularly. It was kind of just I was a, an art student at UC Santa Cruz, and um, you know, it's the the program there is. Nice, because you kind of can pick and choose your own uh, uh, focus, I suppose. Like, Mm -hmm. I've known a lot of people who, like, kind of just, like, you know, they're, like, you know, only paint and they stick to that. Like, do all of their uh, uh, upper division classes that way. And then I know um, some people who kind of just, like, mix and match a bunch of different mediums. Like, you know, anything between woodworking and metalworking and printmaking Mm -hmm. and sculpture. Like, Mm -hmm. just getting a little bit of each. But... Um, when I was a student, I mostly did uh, photography and like I noticed that there was like some printmaking courses available and that sounded interesting. Um, so I decided to go with it and just stuck with it.
0: Cool. And then you had uh, you had like a gallery. When was that actually? That was like a year and a half ago. Or?
2: Yeah, that's about right. Um, let's see. I was working in a uh yeah, a commercial gallery at the time and um, every month they did uh, first Friday shows. So uh, my boss at the time uh, Was just kind of like hey you want to show some of your artwork? I'm right. like hey, yeah That sounds great, and that's just how it happens
0: Where do you get your ideas? I guess for like that kind of art because like you had a lot of uh, I, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit you had like mm-hmm. Different stuff you had stuff that you make for you personally that you might not show or you you wouldn't sell to anybody but then you also have like kind of commercial art, I guess, or, right. like, stuff that you, you still like or you still get, like, some sort of enjoyment out of, but it's more to, like, appeal to people, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, talk a little bit about that, I guess.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. Like, I I have a, a lot of different approaches in terms of, like, the the subject matter of the art I make. Uh-huh. Um, like, there is a big difference between, like, you know, the art that I I make for myself and mm. kind of just, like, I have this idea in my head. I want to put it down on paper and, you know, just go for it versus, like, making art specifically to be seen by people. That yeah. was right. that was kind of a, a different, um, yeah, a different thing that I wasn't totally used to because I'm, like, I myself am pretty, I, I'm a pretty private person. Like, I'm right. very reserved. Like, I don't really you know, seek a spotlight or, like, wants to be, like, seen or heard right, by yeah. like anyone. On, like on a
0: podcast. Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, gotta keep it low-key. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If
0: I'm gonna be
1: out there, I only want to be heard, not seen. <laughs> right. Uh, how like, how do the themes differ, then, between, like, the those two types of art?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's mostly... Hmm. With art that I, I made for this show, um, specifically, that I knew that people would be seeing and judging. Um, I kind of, you know, like putting yourself out there like that is like a a very kind of vulnerable thing. So I kind of just wanted to keep it as like surface level as possible, if if that makes sense. Like, you know, I didn't want to just like display my entire life story for Uh dozens of people to, you know, to just, you know, absorb. Uh Um, So... At at the time, I was mostly just uh making art that was uh uh aesthetic based which uh-huh. seems like so you know duh yeah
0: right, yeah no, yeah. Um, <laughs> You said like, like honeycomb was really popular or something or like, right, like yeah. I think there, you had a piece with like bees.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I had several pieces with bees because, you know, everyone loves bees. Although, yeah. Even look,
0: like your shirt is like,
1: like
2: a, funny, like a bee
1: shirt.
0: It
2: is very, you know, bee-like. Well, yes. It was, it was
0: funny because I went to the gallery with, uh, Brandon Gross, who's been on the mm-hmm. show and, uh. I, I remember we were like we were like super impressed by these things and you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's just like this thing I threw together for this show." And it was <laughs> like, like but I like but it was so good.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, cuz uh, at least in like for that show specifically, it was uh, less about the subject matter and more about like I mean, I guess if I were to describe what it looks like, it was mostly just like a like a bunch of like little tiny repeated patterns that okay. would uh you know, eventually make like some, something that resembles, a you know, a bee Uh or something, um, something, yeah, just like tiny little things to come together to make a more, uh, like larger cohesive image. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the image itself isn't necessarily like, you know, significant or important to me personally. Uh It was mostly just a matter of like, you know, making it, I suppose. Okay. Okay. Um, I,
0: yeah I, we we've kind of seen that is like uh who was it, it was Andrew beach we talked uh-huh. to to this musician and mm-hmm. uh he was talking about how like yeah, the final product, he, like, hates releasing something. He's just, like, <laughs> releasing a project is the worst part of the process for him because he was, like, I love creating it. I love the, the active expression. Do you? Would you say something similar or, like, do, do you still get some sort of satisfaction off of, like, showing your work or, like, seeing this finished product in front of you?
2: Right. Yeah, I suppose it would depend on what it is that I'm working with, like... At least with the um, like this show that we had a while ago that um, we've been talking about, uh, yeah, definitely more was about like the the act of making it than it was about the the finished products. Whereas like the the art that I make for myself is uh, a little bit of both, I I suppose. Like still, um, yeah, still more about like the the process itself, but um, more with like a. Uh, solid goal in mind, rather than just oh well, I need to fill up this wall space. Yeah, Better, sure, like, yeah. Crank out this uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: as a photographer, how would you define your 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 style?
2: My style for photography. Um, well, that that one has al- always been like a little bit hard for me <laughs> to answer, which may contribute to why I don't really do photography as okay. much anymore. Um, because at the time when I was uh, still taking photographs pretty consistently, um, I was at a very A much different place in my life than I am now Mm. I was like more uh well at the time I was living in like a like a co-op with a a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and the house itself was like I mean you've seen the house it I I don't really know how to describe it other than uh thoroughly disgusting (laughs) (laughs) um and it's like as as gross as it was um There was a lot of uh, creativity kind of just like inherently in part of the house. Yeah, it
0: kind of had like this charm to it. Like, I mean, I didn't have to live there, so like, (laughs) like, it was gross, but it was like... it didn't. It felt. It felt artistic. To it. Like I felt like being there. I was like, oh, there's. I feel creativity just in the way this house is arranged. Right. And the way that this mess is.
2: <laughs> yeah. <disgusting." laughs> exactly. And like it seems a little bit contradictory, but like it. It worked for me. And so, um, there were other, uh, places at the time that I would, you know, spend, uh, spend a lot of time with, you know, with my my friends and the the larger community uh-huh. around there. Um, and which, uh. Like those places specifically, I, you know, things change, like people move. Um, I'm not really like, you know, there anymore. But at the time I was like very, uh, I guess, like would feed off the energy of my environments, Mm. which um, made it a lot easier for me to take photographs and uh, like use these places as like a platform for communicating something that i can't quite describe sure yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah. i mean you talked you talked about being reserved earlier and uh i mean like do you find like your creative juices are flowing the most like just when you're by yourself or do you kind of need to draw off other people
2: Hmm. um it's it's a little bit of both i think uh if i were to describe uh my most common approach it would be like you know, you can't really plan for what you're going to be inspired exactly, by. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's kind of just like it comes and goes uh, at at random times. And uh, most often, yeah, being around other people, um, like seeing the kinds of works that um, they make uh, may or may not, you know, make me want to make art too. And it's yeah. kind of just like I'll take that inspiration from wherever or whomever it may be from and just... Uh, uh, at the time that I have uh, to, you know, just like sit down and crank out an idea like, yeah, I'll, I'll usually be alone. But it originates right. from usually from other people. Sure, yeah.
0: What are you working on like currently? Because, uh, yeah, just, what are you working on currently?
2: Currently. Um,
0: or like well, not not like actively, but like what yeah. are the kinds of projects that you are like do for yourself now? Or, or are you doing like more public uh, sort of stuff recently?
2: Um, yeah, definitely not more public because uh, I... Yeah, I've mostly been doing lino cuts, relief printing. Um, subject matter wise, I've been uh making like let's see, how do I describe these? Uh they're kind of just like like teeth monsters, I guess. <laughs> okay. Like I I That's don't know. Great. It's That's great. a lot yeah. easier uh scene than describes, uh-huh. I suppose. Yeah. Um
0: do you have any? Are, do you have any like links or like pictures online that we could link listeners to so they could look at these teeth monsters? Teeth monsters.
2: Uh, uh not particularly because <laughs> okay, you sure. know uh, putting my art out there is uh, it's it's a work in progress. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Totally. Like I've been telling myself that I'll be you know putting my work up in like one singular place rather okay. than uh, just like you know random pictures on Instagram or something. Yeah, yeah. But, uh But you know it's where did
1: that visual of teeth monsters come from i mean
2: i don't know it's i guess i've just been like really fascinated by teeth like Hmm. i think it kind of just has to do with uh the idea that like when i'm stressed out i carry all of it like in my jaw and like in my teeth so it's like if i'm going through some kind of time then like i'll definitely feel it here and i'll want Uh to like I don't know. Try to just channel all that that energy into something artistically, and that's usually what I am, uh, right? Uh, like driven towards. I yeah.
0: suppose. Let's see. What I don't want to phrase this <laughs> carefully. <laughs> phrase, <laughs> it, <laughs> phrase it carefully. What if I'm, like, not careful about oh, it, John? What are you going to do about that? i call you out on it. I'm I'm, I'm your harshest critic. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, oh, yeah, I guess just, like, w- what draws you to, like, visual mediums? We, we were kind of talking to Devin about how he thinks, like... <laughs> In some sort of way, we're almost, like, destined to, like, have some form of expression that appeals most to us. What do you think draws you to, uh, I mean, printmaking, but also just, like, visual art <laughs> as opposed to something else? Right.
2: Um, probably the fact that I can work on it by myself and mm-hmm. kind of just yeah, spend yeah. as much time as I want just making it look exactly how I want. Or, you know, close to it, I yeah, suppose. Right. Um, and having making the final products and like being able to like present it, but not have it like be inherently like like actually literally physically me, as opposed to like you know a musician like yeah. uh, performing on stage like at the the time the performance is like you know the the musician like putting themselves out right, there. Right. Whereas like for me, it's like I I can't just like, you know go up on a stage and have a, <laughs> a crowd of people looking at me. Right, so yeah. like I am drawn to visual art so i can just you know like make a thing like put it somewhere and just kind of like step back and let other people like Mm -hmm. you know interact with it on their own time i i don't like necessarily need to be a part of that or at least like not my physical self yeah
0: totally well how how then do you uh respond to feedback or do you like do you seek out feedback
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um well yeah uh it's a lot it's been a lot more difficult since um Uh, I'm not a student anymore since having graduated. I'm not like, you know, uh, you know, being critiqued by my peers all Mm -hmm. the time, which, uh, you know, is something that a lot of art students, uh, do say like after graduating, you know, you miss at the time, like, you know, you're kind of like, like, Oh, I have to go to another critique. But then, you know, after the fact, like you know, you miss getting the, the feedback yeah, from other totally, artists. Totally. It's, um, you know, requires a lot more active effort to seek out, um, getting people's opinions and feedbacks and, you know, tips and whatnot.
1: Is it, is it weird? Like when people take something from your art and they're just like way off, or is it kind of cool if someone's just like, this clearly represents this Vietnam war. And you're just like, they're just bees. Like, or it's <laughs> like it's, I mean,
2: yeah, it definitely is a, a strange experience. Cause it's like, to me, it seems, like, so obvious what I'm trying to get right. at because, like, yeah. I mean, clearly, like, I'm the one who's making it. Uh-huh. Like, I I know, uh, or I generally know what kind of a goal I have in mind when I'm making a piece. But, mm-hmm. like, to everyone else, it's, it's like they kind of just see... Uh, the final product they don't really like you know know the intention behind it if you know there even is one right yeah so it's kind of just like they see something more or less at face value and kind of just make their own interpretation of it and i uh, sometimes they're you know more or less close to how i imagined it and other times they're just like totally different but i think that's (laughs) like part of the cool thing about art like everyone sees like you know their own thing yeah right
1: I think it's, I, you talked a little bit about, like, how you don't want to just put, like, your whole life story out there, but, like, is there, is that kind of, like, an itch you want to scratch eventually? Like, it is, as, like, because I'm a comedian, so, like, I usually just kind of generally do, like, these, like, observant mass appeal jokes, but there's mm-hmm. always that part of me that's, like, I just want to go up and just, like, bleed all over the stage, like, and just, like, uh, <laughs> here I am, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's just, like, I <laughs> it's really, really <clears throat> scary, and I'm sure it's the same way with visual art.
2: Yeah, um... I've had a a lot of different artistic goals throughout my life, and uh, they're always, you know, changing as I do. Right. Um, And right now, I think for a while, my goal has been to make art that like means something, I suppose. Like not necessarily to myself personally, but just like in general, especially right now with like the the political climate that's out Mm -hmm. there and like a lot of people are, you know, hurting. Um and Mm -hmm. like art has been like a a really powerful way to for people to express that. And um I wants to be at a place where I can, you know, make art that uh can have like an impact like that. But it's I, I would say that's probably, like, my ultimate goal, but getting there is a different story. Yeah. yeah. Like, is, it,
0: is it just getting there, like, for yourself, like, emotionally, or, like, like being able to express it, or... or...
2: Yeah, definitely both. Um, like, I don't want to just, uh, you know, throw something together yeah. and be like, okay, that'll be good enough, because it's like, if I'm going to make an art like this, like, I mm-hmm. want it to be... Like I want it to be done right. Right. I don't want it to be like haphazard. And like I, I just think I need a little bit more, uh, a lot more practice to get to the point that I want to be before I can make something like that that I feel like really confident in. Totally. Yeah. Creating and you know sharing with others. Yeah,
0: I I know. For me, like uh, we we talked to Devin a little bit about this about like just the first of all the post election depression that like just we felt on like a national level and then. The second wave after, like, he was actually our president. And, like, uh, for me, I just, like, I had this, like... I've been working on kind of an album or kind of an EP for a really long time. And I have parts of it recorded. And I have it all mapped out in my head. And then instantly I just wanted to, like, trash that and make this punk album that's just, like... <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know, like, really trying to explore <laughs> these ideas. But it's, like, yeah, that you don't want to just, like, get this half-assed idea that, like, is, like... I don't know. Like, you yeah, want, I mean, you there, want there are high stakes.
1: they are, like, high stakes. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, like...
0: Take like uh uh
1: present your take on the political climate. You can't just be like, oh, maybe this. I, I feel well, like I mean, it's
0: like everyone, Everyone's looking at it and yeah, like well, everyone, everyone's just screaming. And, and there's so much noise out there, like about surrounding exactly. it. Like there's yeah. there's no lack of noise about the presidency right, exactly, or yeah. like, the current political right. climate. And so it's like for me, it's like, what's my take or like why why does my contribution matter? Kind of a thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that differs a lot between um, you know making something personal where it's just like you know if i make something to express myself then uh you know people are more than welcome to have their own take on it but Mm -hmm. ultimately it like you know doesn't really matter because it's like i'm like i'm making this of my own experiences Mm -hmm. but you know compare that to something that's like making some kind of political statement like you know it's uh like Presenting itself specifically to be interacted with right, so it's like, you know You kind of have to be mentally prepared for people to you know argue with it or disagree with you And like if you're not really in a position to Like defend yourself and defend your art and defend your stance then like I mean What's the point really
1: Uh, at what point during your process do you feel the most stress is it? uh, Kind of that last push or is it when you when it's finally done and people are looking at it or oh
2: gosh i mean just the whole thing (laughs) the the entire thing stressful from beginning to end and beyond yeah (laughs) right yeah kind of just like uh you know it's stressful trying to come up with an idea it's stressful trying to like convert that idea into like some like concrete visual image Mm -hmm. right and then like just making it uh to more or less the uh like the vision that you have something is there's always like you know discrepancies in how you imagine something and how it ends up being on paper right and uh i i'm sure a lot of artists feel this way but um like, it's never, it never quite comes out right, mm-hmm, um, yeah. or at least, like, not the way that you uh, initially imagined something. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the project
1: is never finished. It's just abandoned,
0: right? Right. Yeah. Or,
2: um, yeah, or it's just, like, it ends up being something, like, way different than how I originally imagined it, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yes. Right, yeah. You
0: just kind of, like, discover maybe what it's about as you're creating it. Is, right. Is that, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's like, um, yeah, with a lot of projects, uh, I've kind of learned to kind of keep my ideas, like, very open-ended, because I've realized that if I have uh, some something that I want to put down on paper and I'm like super committed to like this very specific idea then Mm -hmm. it's just going to be frustrating when I can't get it like the exact way that I imagined it right so it's like um you know you kind of have to make adjustments and changes along the way and um it's hard to predict what those will be until you encounter them at that moment
0: what those will be (laughs)
2: like all the
0: it always comes back to bees
2: it's all about bees (laughs) (laughs)
1: get heavy. Uh sure. already there. <laughs> <laughs> I just wake up feeling heavy every day. <laughs> I'm always heavy. I'm always heavy.
0: All right. I'm always heavy. Um so John you usually like to start this one off. Really? Don't you? No, I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so tell us about uh where were you born?
2: Um where was I born? Mm-hmm. Uh right here in San Jose actually. Uh Yeah, just
0: just right here in this spot. Yeah, like In this garage? <laughs> yeah. Uh tell us, your, tell us about your family and growing up.
2: Um, yeah, so uh, I, I come from a small family. It's just uh, me, my mom, and my sister, uh-huh. and our cat. Um, <laughs> Younger yeah.
1: sister, or older sister? Uh, older yeah. sister.
2: Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I just turned 24, and she just turns 27. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, is, is
1: she anything like you?
2: Um, in a In a way, and yeah. in other ways, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, yeah, we've always been. Uh, Kinda kind of out there, I guess okay. um, mm-hmm. her more so than me probably uh, but um, well, so, yeah.
0: what, what do you mean by that exactly like what's out there?
2: Yeah. out there is uh I mean she's just uh, always been more outgoing and social than I have been mm-hmm. right. like uh, but personality wise, you know we're we've both been you know kind of kind of strange. Strange people coming from a strange mom, which is you know. Is that the main influence? Your
1: your your mom, probably. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember like specific instances? Like growing up, you're like, this is strange.
2: (laughs) Um, it's mostly just like you know, uh, over the years, my like we would just like you know do something, and then my mom would be like, "Wow, that that used to be exactly like me when I was your age." You know, typical mom stuff. Uh
0: Classic mom. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You you just
1: uh, growing up like middle school, high school era is like where you kind of being like the reserved kid or. Mm
2: Um, well, was that
1: the role? Is that like the role you would define yourself as, or I don't know,
2: being reserved?
1: Yeah, like being a shy kid.
2: Yeah, it seems like throughout the course of my life, I've never really been in a position where I would consider myself outgoing or social. uh Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, just always been, uh, really reserved, always been very introverted. Um, Where do you
0: think that ultimately came from? I don't uh -uh. know if you want to like it like nurture or nature. Let's get into it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like. If it comes from anything, I would probably just say, like, social anxiety. Like, I've just been, like, very uh, weary of people and crowds and talking to people. Pretty Uh, much as
1: long as you can remember. Yeah, Yeah. pretty
2: much. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just have, like, memories of being, like, a very young, scared child. Like, you know, going into like my first day of kindergarten or something, uh-huh. just being like, oh, I have to interact with people. Like <laughs> right. people like, exist oh, outside of my household. Like, no thanks. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then like then like going to college, was that like a pretty scary experience too? Oh, or terrifying. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, especially my my first year was probably the hardest just because, uh-huh. you know, completely different environment, like you know, and plus, you know, college as compared to high school is just uh, way different too, so.
1: Did you live in the dorms?
2: Um, Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, not quite, like, dorms as you would imagine it, but, uh, like, apartment-style dorms, okay. I suppose, uh-huh. was, like, my, my first couple of years up there.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that, like, the first year of college is stressful for anyone because there's that kind of this one little window and it's like this is my chance to reinvent myself like
2: right. and it's like oh do
1: I take it or do I like what do I do like should should I should I go by Johnny now instead of Johnny? like it's like I mean yeah. that's
2: exactly what I did actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because I'm just like oh well you know a completely uh new environment chance to mm-hmm. uh you know define redefine myself i suppose um uh so i thought it would be a great idea to go by my middle name which uh-huh. is Elaine and that's how a lot of people knew me my first huh. like I don't know, eight months there, right. but it didn't really stick because mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't all that committed to it.
1: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elaine or whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: What do you think that what do you think that need came from from wanting to uh, redefine yourself?
2: Um, I'm not sure. I guess just uh, the idea of um, like being born and raised in San Jose, like after enough time, you kind of like you get you get used to it after a while, mm-hmm. you know? Like you know what to expect and um like people know what to expect from you more or less. I mean, at least in my experience. Um so it's like having like having moved away from my hometown for the first time and uh, kind of just like, you know, the beginning the the first stages of like a completely different chapter in my life kind of just felt like I needed some drastic change. Right, right. And by drastic, I mean, you know and buy a
1: nickname <laughs> <laughs> i mean my hometown people were just itching to get out i mean it's because it sucks
0: but i mean do people is it like that in san jose and I, I you, mean, or I, people just kind of hang I, around or i think it depends i like i'd like to hear like your take on this for me i just i felt trapped i don't know like i, yeah. I it's i think it's just like being anywhere for a long time but i know i in particular like i grew up in the suburbs and so right, yeah. i had to drive like 10 minutes to get anywhere, like anywhere. To, yeah so exactly get me too yeah to get to Chili's you know <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah to get to like Qdoba I had to to drive 15 minutes to go somewhere actually cool I had to drive even farther so it was just right. this kind of thing of like I personally felt trapped and there was a time where like I would look at the hill now I like I look at the hills around here I'm like this is beautiful I love San Jose <laughs> right. and then like there, there was a point where I viewed the hills and like the mountains as these just like prison walls was, like, <laughs> I'm stuck in this fucking valley and <laughs> right. I don't want to be here I totally here. get that Um, yeah
2: that was more or less my experience too like by the time um i moved out of san jose i was definitely ready to leave um and uh i just moved to santa cruz for school um in like 2010 so like a good good amount of years ago um Mm -hmm. and then visiting back i kind of got that that same uh feeling just kind of like being trapped Mm -hmm. like you know whenever i'm uh, visiting San Jose, I'm like staying with my mom, and kind of just felt like I'm I'm a teenager again yeah, with no real right. aut- autonomy, you know. Um, which I don't really feel that way so much uh, visiting San Jose anymore because, uh-huh. uh, um, I mean, I have my own life in in Santa Cruz now, mm-hmm. and uh, like visiting here feels exactly like that, like visiting yeah, rather than totally. just like you know being stuck in the the same house for another. Uh, you know, undetermined amount of time. Sure. Yeah.
0: I definitely felt that like for me uh, in Bellingham, there was like a, a, I always thought of San Jose as home. And then there was like this weird point where Bellingham became home and San Jose Mm -hmm. became like where my family lives. And so, uh, so yeah, I think I I agree with that. Like there was, there's definitely a time, like there was a summer. I think I came home for like three months and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm like a kid like I'm home for summer. And then, then now it's like, I can't, I, I can't leave Bellingham for more than a week without uh, getting homesick or like right, yeah. a few days even. I'm just like, I wish I was in Bellingham.
1: I, I totally relate to the suburbia thing where it's just because like there's just nothing exciting in, yeah. in, in suburb town. But then also like my hometown, I have this group of uh, high school friends who I'm still very good friends with and they're very, uh, very close to me. But like I have nothing in common with them. So that that's I think that was the main reason to get out is like where, it's like where are my people like, mm-hmm. you know, like to
0: go out and find people in common mm-hmm. yeah well and like I think there's like this tendency um, and I I love a lot of my friends who stayed in San Jose and this uh-huh. isn't like really a dig at them but it's just I think there's this tendency to stagnate wherever you are and so yeah, if you're, and uh-huh. at least I like and I think like once you're older you you kind of want that you kind of want you you settle on like that's why they call it settling you're like I right. like who I am I like what my life is like I want to be here now right. and mm-hmm. I, I think like there's this thing in your twenties and like late teens where you're just kind of like frantically trying to find like the next thing or like at least it's like, I don't want to be here too long because like now I'm just becoming this thing and I'm not going to grow anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to stop. I don't want to stagnate. And so, right. And a lot of people just skip over that stage. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people I think do just like kind of settle down. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's, that's been my experience too. And plus, uh, you know, after, um, having moved out of my hometown, um, like meeting different kinds of people yeah, rather than uh-huh. just like, you know, the people who I just happen to be classmates with exactly, in high school yeah. um, kind of just like allowed me to find people who are actually similar to me rather right. than just like, you know, we would tolerate each other or something. Right. Which uh-huh. isn't to say that, you know, my friends in high school were just like people I tolerated, but. Right, right, um, right. Um, but you yeah. just,
0: you, the things you kind of connected over were different. Like you, I, I know that like I connected over like. Like the classes we had in high school or like exactly, we connected yeah. over just like...
1: Being in the same hometown. Like that's yeah, pretty much it. Weird, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, or like
0: we we at Leland, uh, the high school I went to, like we would connect over how much we hated the administration there. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like these little things where it's like, oh, we're friends because we have these things. And then now it's like, oh, I can just like people based on shared interests or shared viewpoints or like... I can learn new viewpoints and then, like, kind of feel more part of a different community, I exactly, guess. Exactly, yeah.
2: Right. And then, you know, as you get older and you have a clearer idea of what those interests are and, like, who you are, mm-hmm. it becomes, like, maybe a little bit easier to find, like, other people who are, you know, figuring that out, too. Yeah, totally.
0: Right. Um, right. Should we get into the, yeah. the question? Did you restructure it? No. I'm just going <laughs> to... So, we, like, have this question, and I've wanted to change the way we ask it because it feels clunky. But sure. But I'm going to ask it in a clunky, old way. We, t- we right. touched on it a
1: little bit, but... Go for it. Yeah, Yeah. so uh,
0: do you deal with depression and or anxiety? And if so, how does that affect you creatively?
2: Um, Yes, I I deal with both. Um, And the way that affects me creatively has changed a good amount over the years. Mm -hmm. Like, um, for example, when I was uh, uh, still an art student. um, Well, I was an art student, and I was also studying psychology um, so I was like in this position where I'd be, you know, in a psychology class learning like the science behind, like, you know, anxiety, depression, and just being like, oh, geez, that's mm-hmm. me to a T. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I guess, I guess this is who I am. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, yeah, learning that, uh, cognitively and then, um, being able to express that visually was, um, kind of how, like an approach that I take, I took a lot, uh, while I was a student, um, mm-hmm. And kind of just, like, converting my experiences into, like, photography or printmaking or whatever. Um, like, the the projects itself, subject matter-wise, were uh, very influenced by, uh, you know, whatever I was going through at the time. Right. Um, and that isn't so much the case anymore because, I mean, like I said, I don't really do photography as mm-hmm. much. Um, but also because... Like you know, uh, part of the whole deal of being in art school is you're setting yourself up to be graded by professors yeah. and like judged by your peers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I would be, um, you know, making these projects and like uh, the ideas I would have to like like really think them out and you know just try to like justify and explain like everything that I'm doing mm-hmm. just so I can you know get a good grade or something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now it's kind of like, I don't really, uh, take that approach anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of just, yeah, I definitely make things more for myself now rather than, uh, you know, to be seen by my peers and stuff. Um, yeah. So that was like kind of the approach that I used to take, uh, just, um, having like depression and anxiety as like the, the subject matter itself versus now, uh, like making the art is what helps me with the like depression and anxiety right.
0: gotcha. yeah. uh-huh. did you was there ever like a problem with motivation for you like like to get projects done or like was there a frustration like you're depressed and so it's just like affecting your ability to express some idea that you're feeling I guess
2: you know it's actually kind of strange uh, during like a, a time uh, that I was actually like in a really good place uh, uh-huh. mentally like it was a lot harder for me to make art yeah. because right. like I didn't really have like this you know the the typical, like, artist suffering yeah. to yeah, draw yeah. inspiration from. So right. I actually had to, like, you know, think about it a little bit more uh-huh. just being like, okay, what what exactly am I trying to do here? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, we used to talk about that. That used to be, like, a, a big focus of the show. So, right. like, since you brought it up, I'd be interested to talk about it. I'm mm-hmm. just like, where do you find your inspiration? Like, if, if you draw on a lot of inspiration from depression and anxiety, like, what have you found inspires you? Or do you feel like you need to be in a bad right. place to have, like, a truly expressive uh, piece, I guess.
2: Yeah, I used to think that um, mostly just because, like, in making, like, a project or a series that uh, that explores, like, depression or a- anxiety um, was kind of like I would make those with the intention of you know, Mm -hmm. self-preservation because it's like, you know, I have a a difficult time like actually like talking to about like these kinds of stuff in in words or like reaching out to people and (laughs) like, you know, the feeling that you're burdening your friends by Mm -hmm. like just like dumping all of these heavy Uh feelings on them. And so like as a way to avoid that, you know, I would channel all of that into art. Yeah.
0: Right. So like
2: art would be kind of like my therapeutic way to uh, you know, just keep myself alive. Mm-hmm. Right. And um like expressing expressing those kinds of things visually was uh like it seems like, you know, necessary. Yeah. Um
1: yeah i totally relate to what you're saying about like not wanting to burden your peers because mm-hmm. like i think a, a state of depression turns into a depression spiral like so fast when you're just, like i feel depressed and then it just spirals down once you real once you once you think to yourself like and and no one cares like it's <laughs> yeah. like I've, uh, and that's one of the things about this podcast that's so great that you can just like open talk about it openly but i mean i, I know that i have people in my life that do care like that's the thing like i i like that's that's a fact that people care about my depression, but every time it's like you just there's that side of yourself that like nope they don't like. I yeah. mean, I mean, like we we, we the, the importance of momentum is like when it comes to creating. I mean, we can tell you like from this podcast that like yeah. at the second you use momentum, it's like st- episodes stop stop coming out. Like, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the time it's uh, it seems almost uh, contradictory the way that uh, you know my depression manifests itself versus anxiety because yeah. it's like you know being depressed is kind of like um like what you were saying just uh-huh. like oh no one cares like I could just like you know hide in like my isolated hole and like right. it wouldn't make a difference and then you know the anxiety part of me would just be like well you know anxious yeah <laughs> obviously uh-huh. so it's just like um uh feeling that like Oh, you know, you need to get yourself out there like you need to be like doing all these things that you're not doing because, you know, the depression is like preventing you from doing that. So Mm -hmm. it's like each of those like feed into itself, Uh which, you know, doesn't do me any favors. Yeah, I guess that kind of just like, you know, feeds into itself after a long amount of time, which is why, like, I always try to, like, make a point to... Uh, you know, channel that into something, whether it be, like, reaching out or making an art.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about, like, when you find yourself, like, in that spiral or in that hole, like, what ultimately helps you climb out?
2: Um, Kind of just...
1: Is it just time, or and then, then
2: sometimes it's time. Uh, a lot of the times, it's just like really just like forcing myself to do what I know will be good for me. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. I have this. I have this whiteboard in my room, and it just has like a checklist of things to do. Like it's. Right, uh, yeah. we, I refer to it as my "Hey asshole" board. It's just, <laughs> hey asshole, today is a good day, just like all the rest. Be <laughs> sure to, and then it's like a list of things that I know, like I'm not gonna want to do, like read a book, go outside <laughs> for like one hour. It's <laughs> uh-huh, like these yeah. list of things. Like, <laughs> Eat a banana. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. Things like that, but, uh, specifically in the, uh, context of like making art, um, I Even though I graduated a, a few years back, I still uh, use the UC Santa Cruz uh, printmaking studio mm-hmm. as, a, as a monitor. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I volunteer like a, a three-hour shift once a week, and that gives me full access to the studio. Cool. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a great way to, uh, you know, c- continue making art um, after having graduated, but also specifically like having that shift like definitely like forces myself to be in the studio yeah um and like having to physically be there because like um i've i've always been like a pretty responsible person like i always like try to follow through on my commitments and uh you know like it's it's a lot easier for me to you know show up at, at the designated time and, like, you know, figure out something to work on from there, mm-hmm. rather than just, like, you know, if left to my own devices, like, I m- might not do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's what's really tough about um, post-graduation life, is that, like, once when you're in school, it's like, hey, here's this schedule, and, like, here's this show that everyone goes to, and blah, 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 but then after, it's just, like, yeah, it's just, it's all you now. Yeah, and, yeah. well,
0: and that's, that's kind of how this podcast came about, because yeah. me and John had both just graduated, and we mm-hmm. were, like, at a, an open mic, and we were just, like, both depressed.
1: Like, yeah. both, like oh, We were no. both graduates in, like, this open mic of only students. <laughs> and yeah. we are just like, oh, us too, right, guys? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Remember we us? Cool. We can yeah. do art. And, <laughs> yeah, we just, like, realized, like, oh, we just have to start doing, like, these projects become this thing that you do. We, like, it was something I always wanted to do, but it was, like, mm-hmm. before you could find... Something to force you to do it, I guess. Like, exactly, like schedule yeah. it. And mm. Now it's like, yeah, you just got to like schedule it in. And it's, right, it's mm. tough. It's hard stuff.
2: <laughs> it sure is.
0: Just guys, just came out they with a limited plan. I work for Verizon. I'm a
1: Verizon guy. If you uh, are in the greater Seattle area or Bellingham area and you want to port over to Verizon, talk to John Lee. No, no, please don't do that. They're please. gonna take your money. John yeah.
0: tried to rip me off. Yeah, it's, it almost worked. It almost worked. He told me I needed a new phone and I didn't. Well, you, you needed another phone. Mm, I needed another phone, but I didn't need a new phone and I could have got it for free. And he tried to trick me, tried to me. yeah, I know. Me. It's well, you're a sucker.
1: It came close. It would almost worked. You wouldn't. have to spend don't that much to money. John. All right, Verizon well, fire him. Verizon <laughs> come. All right, I'm just really excited about this. Unlimited. All right, we don't have to talk about it. I really just want to shamelessly talk about Avatar. Though I mean, yeah, yeah, We just talked about Avatar in the last episode, and if our listeners are tired of it, you can take a hike. because yeah. Avatar is amazing.
0: How do you like Avatar?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I like Avatar. I mean, we're talking about like the last Airbender. Yes, yeah, that one.
0: of course. Yeah, oh, well, I've been talking about the the blue one, the James whole time. Cameron yeah. never heard, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, John. really? No, not I the
1: whole can't time. believe there's enough overlap that there's I could no, talk. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I could talk
0: about my movie, and you could talk about your dumb TV show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, alas, yes, yeah, so we're talking about the
0: the show. <laughs>
1: um, who's your favorite character?
2: Oh, oh, geez!
1: Favorite season, favorite episode. I want to know everything. <laughs>
2: oh, it's it's been a while since I last watched Avatar. Um, I have actually recently started uh, rewatching Legend of Korra, uh-huh. yeah, which I'm watching that too. Is also solid. Yeah. Um, I like it, uh, you know, a lot for different reasons. Right. um But yeah. I'm watching the season with uh, Zahir like yeah, you know, the, yeah the group that's of a great anarchists basically i love i, I, love, oh, uh,
1: I
0: haven't seen i i am behind on cora which is like no, really? A, oh, so no stupid. The really they're really good
1: villains they're i like, just didn't yeah. like season two yeah.
0: so i like stopped watching yeah
2: it, it gets better yeah, definitely. definitely like, season the, the three the third? is really
1: good mm-hmm. um i think it's just because the villains are like they're like The anti-Avatar gang, like, they're really awesome. Um, Yeah,
2: they're probably, like, my favorite villains of the series, but also just, like, in animation in general. awesome. Uh I thought they had, like, really great ideas, Um, Uh like, you know, in, well, I mean, in terms of, like, flushing out these characters, um, at a certain point, like... I mean like I I love the idea of these characters and in a lot of ways I thought like Zahir was like mm-hmm. really well done but yeah. like at a certain point like when he's like you know describing his ultimate mo- motive like it kind of right. just like felt like uh you know people's ideas of what anarchism is yeah, rather yeah. than
0: rather like yeah, actual yeah. anarchy right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind
2: of just like oh we're doing this for the sake of chaos right, like yeah, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's okay. very like it's very
1: um like Bane from The Dark Knight Rises.
2: Mm-hmm. Is know, kind of, it's kind of like
1: that. Uh, but um, I think uh, the, the mistake with The Legend of Korra is that each season is its own story as opposed to like the overarching. I don't know if that's like, a mistake. It's just
0: a difference. I don't know. I just I think, feel I think, like it's I not people, as like, like I think people give... Cause I, I mean, I stopped watching Korra because I thought season two was bad, but I yeah. loved season one. And yeah. uh, I think that like... It's just a different approach because we saw a, a story where they travel the world already. And right, so what yeah. I like about Korra is that it's centralized in one location and so you get to really know this one area this huge city and i guess i don't know how where later seasons go but right. I, kind of, I kind of like that it's like it's each season is, is its own narrative just yeah. it's i mean
1: it is cool how like time actually passes between each season which is yeah. really cool too um i just i don't know i just i appreciate the overarching like lord of the rings style arc as opposed to just the, the separate stories. Yeah,
0: but you also... I don't know. We don't need... Not everything needs to be a global conflict. Yeah, I guess. It's too... Yeah. It's Like, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. A lot of conflicts are local. I
1: didn't ask what your favorite character
0: is from... I, I don't feel like I can give it a correct answer. Really? Because I haven't seen season three and four. No, no, these I have from, all these opinions. From, but, from Last Airbender. Oh, Last Airbender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's probably Iroh like everybody else. Yeah. Iroh's yeah. just of the course. best character. Uh-huh. He's just too good.
1: I think Toph is... Is... I mean Top just is, as good oh, it's just is as good there. absolutely yeah. I don't dislike Tom. did anyone else not like Zuko at first and then eventually came around oh I hate him in season one yeah well I like him now
0: looking back on it like, <laughs> but I ship him yeah. and Katara way more than really
2: no oh, absolutely yeah. yeah I'm with you there we've talked about yeah, this yeah, before no
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, Katara and Aang no yeah. nah. oh, Aang's like a little boy Mm-mm. The, he's not that little And he's also like He's so He's he's an interesting hero But he's uninteresting As a romantic interest I don't care like,
2: Yeah he really is Cause it's like the, the ending of Avatar Just felt like Oh he's the hero So he's gotta get the yeah, girl Yeah it's
0: like of course like, No
1: you know, I think the relationship Well I feel, I feel it like It would have been
0: so much More meaningful to me Cause like he was pining After her all the time and I just like Never cared once And like <laughs> Then at the end they, they It's like Oh Katara felt this way this The whole time I don't buy that
2: Katara didn't right. love
0: Aang That's bullshit Yeah yes, she did no, The, she the cave of two lovers
1: I mean alright okay. I mean,
2: like to like as a friend sure but it's like you know there there were plenty of scenes where it's like you know she wasn't certain and was kind of just like debating like like oh well you know i guess i kind of have to consider this as a possibility because like this guy has put me in this position which you know i've definitely related to a lot but i think ang is
1: more relatable like you like somebody they don't like you back classic
0: (laughs) It's, it's well, and I feel like it just
1: would if, if that interesting. If I feel like if Katara and Zuko actually ended up together, I, I don't know if no, that, I would have oh, with, with that ending. I, I
0: kind of like buy into the idea that like, I mean, and this isn't like fully true, but like hatred and love are, are very very close. And so there's like there's like these, this moment there's like these fights that Zuko and Katara have where they're like bending against each other, and it's like these big emotional fights, and like uh-huh. she just like is overcome with emotion. And I'm just like. Man, Aang can't get that kind of emotion out of Katara. She doesn't care. Right. <laughs> Zupas uh, really get, like can get a rise out of Katara. That means like there's something there. There's a spark. I don't know. I feel like if that, I feel like
1: that relationship, if that happened, it would be like more of a twist. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like satisfied with because
0: then like what happens to is Just like oh, too he bad. finds someone else. There's a b- he's b- the avatar, b- yeah. Yeah. like or like he doesn't, he's like... a monk. He doesn't need like he. Why does he have to find anybody? Like he can just be like. This wise dude like isn't I mean, it like the point where like he like can't open the chucker at the end of season two because he
1: cares about Katara I And mean, we are just yeah, right? stupid get over it
0: <laughs> No, move on. I think no, it's all about he's, he's allowed to love people, right? Yeah, be he's, like, yeah, he's yeah. allowed to love people I guess but like why does it have to be Katara? She's,
2: yeah, I mean no one's obligated to love him back honestly.
0: Yeah, that's true. I did, and then there, there's that scene. I, it's been so long where Zuko and like Katara heals one of Zuko's wounds or something, right? Yeah. And it's or she's about to use. She's like, about to, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. so. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> that scene is like there just for people who ship them. And like, man, I guess, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess Katara
1: and Aang don't have to end up together.
0: I just wouldn't like it. It's Zuko not that they, they don't have to. It's that they should not have. <laughs> And I'm uninterested in it. And it's my one of my least favorite creative choices that they made. No, man, you're wrong. You're <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> it's, I'm not, you're wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Like Aang doesn't challenge Katara. I, I don't think. Like, I don't think like it's not a If a relationship's gonna last, you gotta be with someone who's like challenging you to like do like be different. And I feel like Katara's just like wait, like Ang is just like this little shithead kid. Like he's really strong. Like he's he's the Avatar, but he's not strong based on his own merit. He's strong because he has all these former lives. What?
1: No, he's strong. Like he, all all of his former lives tell him to kill the Fire Lord, and he's like, and he still doesn't do it. All right, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he holds true to his values. I still don't think he Mm should have been even even the even the other Airbender. It's like. Of his well, past I, life honestly, is like,
0: I think he should have killed him. Like, I, don't really, think it, I don't think that's virtuous of Actually, I
1: think like what he did is like worse than <laughs> worse than death. I don't know. Because like he takes away his bending and he just has to like live in prison for the rest of his life.
0: I don't like, know. You think about what the Fire Lord did? What a piece of shit. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I'm not like one to I'm not like pretty nonviolent myself, but I think that there's room for violence. I think that sometimes it's necessary. And I think as the Avatar, he needed to learn that. But he's he's the last airbender. He's Aang. He's he didn't want to compromise his values just because he's the avatar.
1: What's your take on this?
2: Um, I feel I feel both ways, honestly. Uh-huh. Like like personally, yeah, I agree. Like you should have just killed him. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. But like also I respect that, like, uh, you know, he has his own certain values yeah. and he was able to find like a particular uh solution that none of the past avatars were able to present to him. Like he oh, came right. up with that himself, which was you know, very uh, influenced by, like, his upbringing and, like, uh, you know, being part of the Air Nation and, uh, you know, the values that they find important there. Yeah, and it's like, right. I respect that. Like, you know, I probably would not have made that same decision, but, like, <laughs> right. you know, it is, like, more true to his character than it yeah. would be to kill him. And that's
0: a good yeah.
1: point. Yeah. yeah, I just would have been disappointed if he was like, well, everyone told me to, so it did. Like, <laughs> No, no,
2: that's,
0: I, I think yeah. that was a good character arc, and I think yeah. that they're, like... Things about Aang that are very strong, I just uh, think, like, him and Katara, like, it's just, God. <laughs> it's like, how did he ever challenge her to, like, he, he was just always whining about something, and she's always like, you're a little kid.
2: Yeah, she was more like his caretaker yeah. than she was, like, a, you know, romantic partner. Exactly. Like,
0: Whereas, like, her and Zuko, I feel like, she could have gotten spice. something out. Like, there, there could have been something in that relationship, like, he could teach her to, like... He has like this ferocity, and he's like learning to like kind of rein it in. Like he's trying to rein mm-hmm. in his anger. But I think she could like learn to bend. Like she could learn some of that ferocity from him, and he could learn some of the compassion from her. And they both kind of had that trajectory. Anyways, they were meant for each other. Oh you my think, god! You, you, think,
1: you don't think it'll be dysfunctional at all?
0: No. Well, I mean, every relationship is dysfunctional in some way. Like I there's guess. always like these little like. Of course, they're gonna fight every now and then. But that just means that they're like they just bend at each other. There's just sparks. <laughs> I don't know, it's like it's okay. It's okay to be like to fight in a relationship. You don't have to. It sparks a pun. No. No? All right. I'm
1: disappointed in you.
2: (laughs) I mean, Zuko's relationship with everyone was dysfunctional for a very long time. So it's like, you know, he changed as a person and was able to work on it. Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm really happy that nothing happens to Azula. Like, they defeat her and there's no, like...
0: They should have killed her, too, probably. There's
1: no... um, What I'm saying is there's no, like... You see the Fire Lord in prison afterwards, but there's no, like, epilogue with Azula that's like, oh, this is what happened to her after. It's just like, nah, she sucks. Like... I don't remember Azula's
2: that. a really interesting character, yeah. and I love her a lot as <laughs> yeah. a character. Like, not what she does, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the
1: voice actress kills it as mm-hmm. Azula. I really I really like her. Uh, but I guess, like, I kind of have expected them to be like, Azula, like, at in the end she was okay, or something like that, like, kind of like, in like sort of a Nickelodeon way, but they don't. It's just like, the last yeah. time you see her, like, she's like chained down, and she's like, yep, oh, that's the end.
0: Is the last moment yeah. of the show end kissing Katara? Yes. That's bullshit. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> bullshit. It that means that the whole show is leading up to that. And that's like the least interesting thing of the entire show. True. Oh my God. No, I mean, the last scene is them like, uh, uh, they're all in uh, Iroh's tea shop, just like hanging out.
2: Yeah. And then yeah. they like mm-hmm. go outside, and mm-hmm. Aang's like, I, I don't actually remember because it was mm-hmm. so forgettable. Yeah. But yeah. Because it doesn't
0: matter. I was just, I was probably like so furious from the fact that they kissed that I couldn't see the screen. That's like not the first time <laughs> they kiss you don't... Did they, that's not even canon. That's what? Did canon. they so kiss? they kiss in the tunnel of lovers? No, they
1: kiss uh, right before the um, invasion. Ugh.
2: I think it would yeah. be more accurate to say Aang kisses her. Yeah, yeah Aang kisses a her. Good
0: yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aang Tara's like, well, I guess you're the Avatar.
2: It's like, yeah, this this can't happen right now. Like, we gotta fight a war. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> she's like 17 and he's like 12. He's
1: not. She's not 17. They're like <laughs> yeah. both 12 or yeah,
2: something. Yeah, that doesn't They're, make pr- any they're sense. closer
1: in age. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, then you realize. Because Sokka's not even 17, so... Yeah, Zuko's sense.
2: like the oldest, and he's like sixteen, maybe. Yeah,
1: hmm. seventeen. You thought, you thought she was seventeen?
0: Well, uh, that's what they are in Legend of Korra. They're all seventeen.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's not as old as them in Legend as as in Legend no, of Korra. She
0: seems a lot older than Aang. I guess Aang's hundred. Aang, yeah, <laughs> Aang is hundred. Yeah, Aang does seem really young. He's just like a little boy. Ah, it's just I can't I can't get past this. I'm so like. I'm it's glad right. we brought it up because I'm glad I can get mad about it on our podcast. <laughs> the Kataraing. All right, I guess I'm outnumbered, so it's. I guess I'm wrong.
1: I'm not. I'm not yeah. the Avatar. I'm not like the Avatar. If everyone just tells uh, me I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm, I guess I am. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so what are some other like things that have inspired you creatively, or just things you like? I don't know.
2: Hmm. Um. Oh gosh. I don't know. I mean, uh, non-visually, I would probably say like. Spoken word always, like I don't know, resonates with me somehow. Yeah. Cause probably because, like, I mean, like I said before, I'm I'm not that great with words. Like, I can never quite uh, string together a sentence exactly as I I mean it. You yeah. know, it, like it, something always gets lost in translation. And so, like to hear like poets just like you know go up on stage and like you know share. Like, these really deep, like, personal things that, you know, they write and have it, like, come together, like, so, like, beautifully is just really impressive to me because I don't have that skill myself. (laughs) But, like, it does inspire me, uh, like, you know, in in different ways because, you know, it's it's just really cool to see, like, different people in, like, their own element and see, like, how they run with it.
0: Yeah, it's really cool to, like, connect with art that you personally don't you can't like produce like I don't I've always found that when I'm in a rut it helps me to like just go and and even even within like the same art form I don't know like with music I like to see genres or like styles of musicianship that I can't do and it's like it's right, always inspiring yeah. it's like wow like you're expressing yourself in a way I just can't I have no idea I have no yeah. idea to do this I don't know that's cool
1: uh is there anything you're particularly into right now like music wise show wise
2: hmm music wise um i don't know i mean, like my uh approaches with art it it changes mm-hmm. like right now i've just been like really into instrumental music okay. uh, like in you know different genres uh you know things uh or like bands similar to l ten eleven or uh uh tycho like t y c h o mm-hmm. um yeah those those have been you know my thing lately. Mm-hmm. it's cool. cool
1: what about like shows or movies
2: i don't know i mean like i've been revisiting things that like i haven't that i that i love that i haven't seen in a while like uh-huh. legend of cora right yeah but, like uh-huh. um when i first watched it it's you know you're like taking in like the the storyline and like ooh what's gonna happen right, but uh-huh. like you know having uh you know the the knowledge of like how the the series ends up i just right, yeah. you know wanted to revisit yeah, yeah, that stuff yeah. like mm-hmm. that and kind of just like see see the build-up knowing mm-hmm. where it's gonna lead yeah um so that's that's where i've been like nothing like particularly new just uh you know revisiting old things and uh like seeing the difference of how i interpret it now versus like the place i was when i first consumed this media right yeah, yeah
0: totally Um, I think like we can probably get into the takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is the takeaway and I, did I warn you about this?
2: I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. Um, so you can take your time to answer this, but basically the way we describe this is if, uh, someone were to skip ahead and just like listen to this one soundbite, what do you want them to be left with? And a lot of people give like, uh, a piece of advice that stuck with them. Uh, but you don't have to, you can say literally anything you want. (laughs) What's the thing you want people to be left with?
2: Um, Well, the piece of advice that um, has stuck with me in terms of making art has been um, from an old photography professor that I had. um, His name's uh, Lewis Watts. He uh, would tell our class, listen to everything, but believe nothing, Hmm. which like I always enjoyed as like a as an artist, you know, um, like receiving feedback from people, um, you know, getting their opinions and uh like their critiques in terms of like how you could you know improve on your art and uh you know take it and like really just make the most of it but ultimately it comes down to like what you want to do as the artist and uh you know the like the best possible ways that uh like you think that you can uh get your idea flushed out i suppose um yeah Cool. Great. Yeah. No, no, I, I love was, it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks. Let's uh, get into plugs. <laughs> plugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have anything to plug?
2: Um, well, I hear uh, Verizon's new plan. <laughs> oh, yes. Is, it's, true. Uh, it's unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. It's affordable. The talk of the town.
0: $45 a month per line. Per line, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's okay. Yeah.
2: That's right. great. Yeah, I, great. I I don't think yeah. I, I have any plugs. Not that no. I can think of right now. I cool. mean, you know, there's uh, plenty of cool people doing cool things out there. Um, mm. A lot of
0: bees. Yeah, a lot of bees. A lot of bees. Well, actually, around. bees are dying. We're was, losing was, uh, bees. Yeah,
2: less it's bees. unfortunate.
0: Less bees. Less bees Sorry, I take though. back what I said about bees. Plug for the bees. <laughs> Shout out to bees. you. Got any any plugs, John? Uh, nope. I've got some plugs. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at K underscore Hoog. Uh or you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash what a nerd show. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh come buy a phone for me. That's my plug. Yeah. Yeah, Verizon. Verizon uh, unlimited,
1: forty five dollars per line a month. Mm-hmm. Per line, yeah. Just uh don't buy just, it from just, John. Just John do try and, and no. trick you. Just He's if, not you, good. if you if you want some people want to be tricked. If you want to be tricked, <laughs> yeah. you want to Talk be tricked, to tweet at me at John Lee two seven one. Is it that All easy? Right. Is that easy? It's that. Easy. Well, thanks for being on our show. Yeah, thank you
0: so much. Yeah, thanks Great. for having all me. All right. <laughs> Hit that blast. button. Hit it. Hit which, that but, button. Which one? Hit that button. Thanks for listening to The Process. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, be sure to like our Facebook page over at the process with John and Kevin uh, or subscribe to our podcast at the process with John and Kevin. Follow oh, us on Twitter at processpodcast. I wasn't done with all my parts, John. I know.
1: Well, you just do it Patreon. so much. slash the process.
0: That's it. No, there's one more. Uh, oh, yeah. Subscribe to any podcasting app, probably, like, iTunes. Any one of those. And the, pod, any one the those. Android podcast app. Join us next week for... Oh, yeah. You don't know our last name. Shiloh. Shiloh Kauk. Kauk. Yeah.
1: Musician. Musician. Do it. All right. Thanks. Thank you.